0: It was 44.7 million players online. Millions and millions of people playing the game in one day. We showed our dad and we got a little upset about that. Quite offended that people weren't watching football. I was like, no, no, no. People got football on and then they're playing the game as well. So... Whoa! Whoa! Is it episode 10? Bro, double digits. We made it. Now it's about time to hop into game talk. Oh my God. I love Game Talk, dude. Holy
1: I shit. love it.
0: Guys, we actually have a lot to talk about in Game Talk. Uh, oh. Some interesting times. Pure nostalgia is going to fuel Game Talk this week. The Fortnite Battle Royale experience. Drop the og Fortnite map it's not technically the og map uh that me and jake first started on but it's still got loot lake it's got tilted towers snobby shores i mean we're going to wailing woods whatever
1: most of uh, the original
0: things are there it's yeah. it's a good time and i mean the water makes you not be able to run fast it's like uh it's got a lot of elements of the old one it brings you back but it's pretty simplistic and like it just shows you you don't need to have all these things to make the game great. Like Fortnite was already good before the season. Like we were still playing it a little bit. But it's fun to go back and just like there's only a few weapons and like things are super rare. Like there's not these like POIs where you can get an overpowered weapon. We're getting into it over here by the way. I'm saying POIs yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to be honest, if they're watching game talk, they probably know about the new season because it was 44.7 million players online. With over 102 million hours of play in one day on Saturday. Millions and millions of people playing the game. Uh, it's back. We showed our dad and uh, he was uh, quite, <laughs> he quite started, offended that people him, weren't watching football. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. People got football on and then they're, they're playing the game as well. So, yeah, he got a little upset about that. <laughs> we got some fun dubs. uh Oh we'll my po- god, we'll god. throw some clips in here. I oh, know, it it's looks happening. sick dude! It's happening! It looks sick! <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: this would happen- this would happen right before the show.
1: Jake, They, they rifted! They Get in the rift! Get in the rift! Get in the rift! Get in the okay. rift right here! Ah. Ah! I'm trying oh, to god. deploy, I don't know! <laughs> oh
0: my god. Let him fight. Let him know! Yeah! Uh, and then i gotta win dude i'm really bad at building guys i'm gonna be honest uh i kind of tend to stick to the no build uh but i did hop in some build lobbies and i did get a dub with brad in a duo i won this gunfight that i should not have won i want to let you guys uh, know kinda... ty is not good at fortnite but we will talk yes about i it am because bro. it is important <laughs> i am good at fortnite <laughs> I am good at foot. Yeah. You guys we, will see with the clips. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I judge. was not an OG Fortnite. I like, even when everybody was playing it, I was playing Battlefield 1. Like, I am I was all getting right. athletic over there. Like, it. I never really was a Fortnite guy. But uh, it's cool to get back on there. We got some buddies that play it. So, we're in there. We're getting involved. I'm like an OG Fortnite guy to where I played when, like, no one knew how to build. Like, maybe you throw up a wall every once in a while. But, like, that's it. I never got into the cranking 90s and all that. Like, Chase does. Chase... Chase kind of yeah. shit on uh, the guys uh, in this one lobby we were in, and, and he, he got pretty pumped about it. I think they're learning a lot of things at Epic Games to uh, kind of dive back into this nostalgia. And they're bringing back the old players, they have the new players. I'm hoping this like showcase of nostalgia being a good thing for getting players to play uh, gets those Call of Duty guys to try to bring yeah, back the games potentially. I hope it trickles all over. The, the which is Warfare a good 3. segue. Uh, yes. Modern Warfare 3's campaign had Verdansk involved in it. Spoiler, it sorry about it. But it is important. It's a four-hour playthrough, so I might as well tell you. It was pretty it's not quick. Worth, it's not even yeah, worth it was your quick. time, to be quite honest. <laughs> we we did find out about a few things through that. Uh, Ty, do you want to talk about some guns and some movement potential? Things well, I just we wanted thought? to touch on the campaign first. Like you were saying, yeah, sure. These guys, these guys know, the developers know where their money needs to be spent and, like, where the people were playing. Like, we used to play the campaign back in the day, and that's all we thought the game was. Uh, like, on back on, like, Black Ops 2 and things like that. Like, we just played the campaign and then never touched Shame. it again. Shameful. Which but is yeah. so sad. That's, like, we missed out on some some great times. But, uh... Speaking of great times, I'm pretty optimistic uh, for this year. There is some exciting weapons. Um, in the beta, we didn't have... Uh, a sniper, like a bolt action sniper. That's what me and Jake like to get active with. It's a heavy hitting sniper. Takes skill to use. Uh, we're going to get the Cat AMR sniper at launch. That should be fun. We and throw then, up a picture. Uh, it looks pretty good. It yeah. It's pretty pretty. Yeah. It looks, uh yeah. Kind of looks like the Fortnite sniper. I might add. No, it doesn't. And then the knife movement in the uh, campaign we were playing, you got to hold a knife. You couldn't play with a knife in the beta either. Dude, the yeah. movement is insane with the knife. You can absolutely move across the map. So that'll be great for search and destroy, getting to like where you need to get to. And then they're also adding a karambit, which is a different kind of knife. We'll see how that plays. Maybe it'll take two hits to kill someone. But that'll be a cool inspect animation, little like, sl- like kind of slinging around, yeah. like, kind of like a fish. If you didn't animation. know, the karambit is very famous in Counter-Strike. And, uh, yep. it's cool to see it implemented in Mario Warfare. YOU come in! nothing no Oh, it Oh, my God! Yep. Um, alright. Now I'm gonna get into some negatives, uh, coming up. Just, like, pre-release. Um, if you guys are seeing this, the game's coming out in a couple days. I will be active on Friday. Um, but, there's kind of, like, an overwhelming amount of equipment. There's a lot of options. Like, I... That's good that they have like all this equipment, but there's just going to be so many different things you can do. But it's you. It might be good because you can customize it to your play style. But it, I feel like I'm going to be watching a lot of j God videos, a lot of uh, the, like, pro guys kind of figuring out exclusive base, trying to figure out what the meta is and like the best uh, things to run. In that space, just just equipment wise, um, and then one thing, equipment wise as well. There's silence boots in the game, so you can run around uh, with silence boots on, but then, like, it also, like, uh, doesn't give you the ability to run the other boots that, like, make you slide cancel better and things like that. But Dead Silence will also be an upgrade, so, like, you can either, like, choose that path or choose the other path. That's not a bad thing, though. I think it's a nice way to, like, spice it up. No, that is a good thing. From what I've, I've looked at, like, it seems like there's only, like, three really good items per gear when we're talking about the uh the vest and the uh the shoes like there's only like three really good options out of like the six that they have available so it'll be fun yeah. to kind of like play around with that I'm not even going to try to I mean I'll probably look at the metas and see what everybody else is doing but it's not it'll too be, hard to figure out what the best is and yeah. I think it'll it be pretty, I, I, mean, I don't mind uh, I don't mind trying to find what the, what the best thing is to do and the then game, you'll start so. dying to some stuff And then you'll be like how the hell did he do that And then you'll like be like oh he has this on In the kill cam So, yeah. that's, It's kind of going to be trial and error um, And then the camos bro There's going to be 834 Base camos in the game That's like kind of going off of Modern Warfare 2's uh, Kind of style Where there's like 5 camos per weapon And then it also includes all the Modern Warfare 2 Camos too Does it have their camos? So yeah. there's only 278 Uh, camos for the new game like new camos and then there's 800 or there's the other uh part of the 834 is from modern warfare 2 i just want a new game we like clean slates i mean Fortnite does a good job like keeping it fresh and things like that but like call of duty over the years like it's kind of nice to get a new game like as soon as we get in there like even the operator skins are going to be like sweaty off the bat like no one's gonna have like the default skins because you can run the old skins yeah just there's super weird. reactive there's a super reactive uh camo that came out during the uh halloween weekend uh and ty and i weren't playing because it's not it's yeah. not fun to play modern warfare 2 so hopefully other people in the same boat as us and they come in dry and there's like a gentleman's agreement that nobody's going to be running of the things that were in the past game but yeah. uh yeah, that, that would suck to, like, see people with that cool reactive camo already in a new game, like, day one yeah. release. Like, you got to earn I'd... cool cool shit in new games. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's what makes the, the game fun is, like, earning new stuff. Um, even, the, even the weapons carryover as well, um, yeah. which is interesting. But uh, I think they're making adjustments to all those weapons, and there's no tuning in the game, which is a big step as well, just for the weapons. Basically, guys, we're really pumped about this game. We'll keep you guys updated throughout Uh major weekend coming up. So we'll have some more ideas next Monday and possibly a special guest uh, that is not 100% confirmed, but very possible. Um, let's uh, let's say one positive thing that we're looking forward to for this new Call of Duty. I'm just going to hit you with it. The movement. Uh, th- that's what I'm most excited about. I miss being aggressive. I like hitting 360s. I like uh, throwing throwing knives across the map, things like that. And, like, the thing that makes Call of Duty fun, like, compared to, like, a CS2 or things like that, is just, like, outplayability. Like, CS2, you have to hit your shots. But, like, you can outplay someone. There's no better feeling than, like, just, like, putting the movement on somebody and, like, getting a kill. So, I'm excited for the movement aspect being back in the game. And Search and Destroy with the boys. On all those maps, it's going to be a great time. I'm so I pumped. mean, we... We don't have to bury CS2 in the process of complimenting I your mean, game. But yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, Counter-Strike's a great game within itself. It yeah, t- it's, it's tactical kind of and it's fun. Okay. I don't want to yeah. hear it. Um, Sorry about it. Sorry about <laughs> um, it. I said it. I said what I'm I said. I'm looking forward to just kind of Search and Destroy in general. And then I don't. I'm not looking forward to the grind of trying to get like, all the attachments done again. But yeah. I'm excited to try to find what works best for me in the new game. Um, and, yeah, b-hopping and stuff like that. Hopefully it's implemented by uh, this time. I don't know if it is. Yeah. I don't know. That would be ideal. I am very... at b-hopping. I, I I don't have very high expectations for this one, to be honest. So hopefully it's better than I expected to be. Uh, I just wanted to shout out Black Ops 3... It was, I think, eight years ago today as the filming of this video that it released, and that game was awesome, and it had jump jetpacks and stuff, and people didn't like it at the time, but looking back, it was one of the best of all time. So just want to shut it's that one out. It's pretty hot hopefully. take out of you. Black Ops 3 being the best game of all time, potentially? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely so. up there. I I, I mean, personally, it's just a personal thing. Yeah, so. you should. Yeah, that's cool. Counter-Strike 2. Uh, they did introduce new maps for... People to start creating maps for the new game. So that's exciting. Boom. Uh, That's what you're worried about. That's good. Resolve the issue that I wanted. Happy about it. Uh, Just some new technology Uh, in the Game Talks section. We like to also dive into some new technology that's going on. Uh, Sometimes VR, uh, which is insane currently. uh, You can play like Minecraft in your backyard with this VR thing now. And like, you can be like editing and then like look right here. And you're like courtside at a basketball game, so there's just oh yeah, it's really okay. So it's really like cool things. A, let's try to describe that better. It's like a split screen, but one side yeah. is like your AR, which is like your desktop yeah. and stuff, I'm editing everything. But then over you can here. turn your screen to the you turn your head to the left, and then you yeah. you plug into you the, uh, like a, a game or anything like that. So I yeah, think I just got the game sick. on right here. I'm on the I'm courtside right here watching Wimby. get yeah. active. So you're that's being like extra productive cool. with your like uh iron man capabilities on this side but then yeah, you're like, also able to multitask donuts. and watch the big game <laughs> yeah it's pretty sweet i like i thought that was pretty cool i saw that jake i don't know if you saw this thing so i've always been on big on chat gpt i've been an advocate for a long time uh this grok thing that elon musk announced it looks insane because it's the one knock on chat gpt is like it's only like current events like prior to 2021 so but like uh elon musk tweeted this thing out and he's like tell me what joe rogan was wearing during his latest interview and it's like joe rogan was interviewing elon musk and he was wearing a like a blonde wig like for like a halloween special like i like this thing knows bro which is kind of scary That's, like that is scary i wonder That's if we can cool ask though. it about what happened on street talk last week and i wonder if they could tell us but i i doubt it and he said he said it's going to improve greatly in a month like it's going to be it's going to be a really cool thing but jake what would you do if you had access to it right now i i know we have access to chat gpt but with this new capabilities what would you do i don't know i just mess around with it and see what kind of how current the current events will be and how true like tapped in it it would be that's a good call yeah it kind of tests the boundaries of that thing that's what i was doing with chat gpt early on uh just kind of like seeing what it can do but this grok thing looks like a weapon so we'll keep you updated with that if that seems to eclipse open ai and chat gpt so we'll see let's get into some college football talk we're not gonna waste any time Let's well, uh, first, let's talk about where we went this weekend. We went to Alabama, uh, there was game day there for the LSU game. Uh, we were there briefly, just kind of walking around, having a good time. What was the guest picker's name? He was just on SNL, Nate Bargazzi. Yeah, he, he's a good guy, yeah. he's from Nashville, too. Shout out Nashville. Yeah, hey, on SNL, stuff. though, he was he was funny, he was playing George Washington, and that was a funny sequence, and then. There's also another clip they did on the lake beach. They were singing a song and that was fun to see on there too. Yeah. I'm he glad SNL was uh, back in full force as well. So the kick, bro, we were there for that. Interesting uh, attempt, to say the least.
1: Have you ever kicked a ball before? No, never. For $80,000. Whatever you're putting in, I'm going to double. $160,000. Yeah. $160,000. <laughs> It was a
0: Yeah, I think the pressure got to her a little bit. That was a big yeah. moment. You could see she was trembling a little bit. She was up there. Yeah. She was, uh... Bro, fans were fired up for that one. You don't realize how far the kick is until you're standing there and you're like, Yeah, I yeah. probably couldn't make that myself. Been, I couldn't so, even make, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Hey, if, you, if but, you slow that thing down and zoom in on dad's face, like mid-kick, It's hilarious. He took dodge like like that thing was coming for his head. Yeah. I know. He didn't. (laughs) She gave it all she got. That's that's the truth. After game day, right after, we went straight on the plane and got out to L.A., uh, which was pretty cool. We ended up being in three different time zones just on Saturday because we ended up back in Ohio after that game. But first, that game, got to walk around, see Caleb Williams. It was cool to see that um, on the field just pregame. Washington, obviously veiled great game got yeah, some cool we'll shots on the field yeah pinnick's the balled out that was super fun to watch and uh it's so cool being out in usc but there's a weird there's a different vibe out there at the football games and ty yeah bro we hadn't been out there in a while so it was cool to kind of experience it and uh i mean it's kind of just like a it's like a casual social hour out there and uh yeah it's got, like we got some the cool football game out there. Yeah, the football game just happens to be going on. Uh, people were having a good time, kind of strolling into the game. It ended up filling up a little bit by the fourth quarter, but like twenty minutes out from the game, I'm like, I mean, half the stands are not full right now. That fan base is very interesting. It's it's well, different than ever, everywhere else in the country. Like Big Ten, SEC. I mean, you got the crazy fans, but uh, USC Washington uh, shootout. Uh, I mean, slinging that thing on both sides. Pinnix, and uh, Caleb. It was kind of like a head-to-head battle. Who was going to have the ball last? USC went down a little bit. I mean, it feels like their defense was non-existent. Um, Washington was carving them up the, the whole game. And that's reflected um, by the defensive coordinator being fired uh, post game. And uh, <laughs> so. yeah, the Grinch Grinch got fired immediately after that game. So yeah, uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Shout out Dylan Johnson um, for touchdowns by himself uh washington running back he balled out it was super fun to watch him dominate yeah bro he was a dog bro he was moving bro yeah both those offenses uh, had like so many skill guys i couldn't even keep track of everybody but that guy's that's one guy that stood out to me yeah, and then taj washington on usc i know they lost number 16 the receiver he was making a lot of plays if it was third down uh you were looking his way he made a lot of plays uh but they just couldn't capitalize towards the end of the game. Speaking of being out there in L.A., we made the trip. Our dog, Ben Hameen, Benjamin Franklin, Ben, the dog, did not make the trip, sadly. We were kind of looking forward to it. I know we've had this feud a little bit. He's, like, the favorite, and he gets to travel. We uh, replaced him yeah. this weekend, so. Well, our dad said that everybody was gonna make the trip so we were like I thought we were gonna make a truce with Ben and then uh, yeah he called an audible last second he was like yeah I think we'll keep him home because it's too much travel for one day for the pup so yeah yeah kept him back we, were- we did it ourselves and I think we did a pretty good job without him LSU Bama what a time that was I mean we, we had that one on we caught a little bit of that game bro Jaden Daniels Jalen Milro I mean these guys if you go onto the ESPN app they have, like, the passing leaders and the rushing leaders, the re- like, receiving leaders. Both the quarterbacks had the passing and running, top of the team. So, bro. Yeah. And if you, if you look right here, let's just list off some stats out of these guys. Uh, Jaden Daniels, 15 for 24, 219 yards, two touchdowns, and he had interception in there. But then he also had 11 carries for 163 yards. And a tutty. And then on the other side of the field, you have Jalen Milrow. Who uh, might be my freak of the week. 15 for 23. 219 yards passing. And 20 carries for 155 yards and 4 touchdowns. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. These guys make football fun to watch. They... yeah. uh, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Having that dual threat ability is just like... These guys... Honestly, I think Biller is just a dedicated running back at this point. He like, is. It, it, <laughs> who, who happens to throw? Yeah, and he's just really good at running too. Like I, I'm not even mad about it. But like when he just lowers his shoulder on the guys and he's like letting them know, it's fun to watch. Jaden Daniels got uh, banged up a little bit towards the end of the game. Got absolutely yeah. slammed the Like I mean, <laughs> head in the. I'm gonna be honest. It was a matter of time. This guy Daniels takes yeah. hits every week, and we talk about it all the time. He just gets buried. I don't know if Dude like, runs he's Ty. so quick. Yeah. I told Ty, I was like, I think you should add some pounds on, like before he got hurt, and then he ends up getting hurt. But, like, I don't know. He's got the quickness, so maybe he has an argument to keep it the same. But, like, yeah, he's got to learn to slide because he's not doing the same thing that Milra is doing to people when he's running them over. Ohio State, early in the day, uh, st- was struggling with Rutgers, which is, like, kind of crazy. Like, they're the number one team in the nation. Like, wh- what are we doing here? I mean, I don't think they are. But, yeah, they they ended up being put number one, and then they go out and almost lose the Rutgers in the first half. They ended up covering the second half, looking pretty good. But, uh, yeah, that's the uh, it's not, not what you want to see out of a number one team. And uh, the teams behind them... Are feeling a little uh you know offended that they were put ahead of them well at least they pulled it out that would have been embarrassing for the committee if rutgers uh beat ohio state after that that would have been interesting but they ended up pulling away pretty handily i pulled for i was pulling for rutgers i was like if you're gonna keep it this close you might as well beat us so like i was like (laughs) yeah no i'm like i'm like first half i'm like come on like, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like when I got disconnected from Ohio State when I went to Clemson, I see Ohio State from the outside in now, and I kind of, like, I get super petty <laughs> as a fan. I don't know yeah. why. But, uh, yeah, so Rutgers it's gave it their all. I, it I respect thing. it. The uh, fumble rooski was an awesome play. I thought that was sick. Um, but that was, like, the only big play that they had all game. Clemson beat Notre Dame. Shout out the alma mater of mine. Uh, I got my degree over here. I mean, uh I was I was happy for the boys and shout out Hamp Green he had a lot of punt return yards That's my boy wide receiver group right there it was it was an ugly dub but it was a dub to say the least and uh, I'm happy for Cade and those guys defense balled out Clemson's defense is is great they got XT off the edge Barrett Carter Jeremiah Trotter uh, both linebackers and then the secondaries, uh pretty fast they got AJ Terrell's younger brother on the team now I've been like seeing him making plays since high school so yeah clemson's defense is going to keep in them in a lot of games just got to lock in that offense and they'll be they'll be all right they got some big ones coming up uh north carolina and south carolina towards the end of the year so if well, they let's win those, not jump then, uh, past this one let's not jump past this one too quick no team yeah. is a good team oh no, yeah and that they was a big win season. for them yeah yeah they they that needed that one definitely like coach sweeney so pumped about that one <laughs>
1: Clemson's a stock you better buy. All you freaking can buy right now.
0: Buy all the stocks, like you just said. Yeah, all the buy all the stock. One thing I'd like to say, Sam Hartman, he is like 0 and 6, I think, against Clemson in his in his all-time career. Yeah, that's uh, a good stat right there. That's a stat to kind of know going into draft season. You want to find a guy who knows how to win. He seems like a good leader, but uh, yeah, Clemson has his number. One thing I want to talk about is uh, our Heisman predictions. Who are you thinking at this point in the season? I mean, Caleb Williams, who won it last year, just got pretty much knocked out. I think Penix like, steps above him right there. I think Caleb's a better player, but you got to win to win the Heisman. So. Yeah, definitely got to win. Penix is a guy. He just stands out. He just beat USC head-to-head against another competitor for that uh, trophy. Uh, and you guys are probably curious why the hell we care about the Heisman so much. We grew up on it, and uh, we went to yeah. the uh, Heisman – uh, finalist Been a couple times things in New York, uh, growing up. So, it it has a special place in her heart. I'd say it's up there with like the Rose Bowl and everything. I think Marvin Harrison has, like, just because of how dominant he is, uh, at the position, it just seems like yeah, he, is a, he is a guy. Yeah. yeah, and that'd be really cool to like, get an out out of position guy. Bro, if I say, they keep winning, yeah. if they keep winning, he's got a shot. Yeah, for sure. I would hope so. Yeah, Drake May was a guy, but I don't know if their team's good enough. And then yeah, so. Penix and Marvin Harrison are the two front runners for me. I I also think Bo Nix is a dog. I think he's a great player. I know they lost to Washington on like a last second field goal, but I think they'll catch a rematch in the Pac twelve championship and I think Oregon's a better team. That's a great opinion. call. I um, know. Wells I remember i I picked Oregon in the head to head uh Oregon Washington. And yeah, uh I'm still a big fan of fire, bro. Yeah, I like Bo Nix as well. I, I forgot about him. When we were talking if you about take that, a look right? at on three's predictions, they got uh, Jaden Daniels one, who we were talking about earlier, because he was he definitely carries squad. and running it. Yeah, he he definitely carries. Uh, he's got neighbors to help him out a little bit. Then We got Bone tied for second. Penix Jr. We talked about Marvin Harrison sitting at four on there for you, Jake. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think anyone else is really that relevant. Uh, to be honest, I think those are kind of like the top five right there, or Ooh. top four. Jordan Travis might be a guy too from Florida State. Yeah, he's he can make plays. He's really similar build to Jaden Daniels, kind of making plays like that. Game day next week. It's gonna be a fun one. Ole Miss, who beat Texas a and went down to the wire. I like Jackson Dart. I think he's a good. He's like a good player, and he, he fits Lane Kiffin's offense well. And they're like buddies, bro. They like hang out. He's always I've been like pictures. that with his players, though. I feel like he's always trying to be like one of the guys. You know, it's an interesting. Yeah, interesting relationship. But game days in Athens, that'll be a good time. I think Jake's gonna be there. I'm not sure if I'm gonna make it this week, but Jake's gonna hold for it. Call of duty. Let us know.
1: Jeez. (laughs) All right.
0: right. Joining us now, you guys may know him as the authority of college football, but to us it's just Pete. Pete, welcome (laughs) to the show. It's an honor to have you on, on Street Talk. Let's talk some it's, ball. It's,
1: a, it's an honor to be here, Jake and Ty. I, uh, I, I appreciate seeing <laughs> you guys not in like a strange far-flung college town. Um, <laughs> yeah, right?
0: Yeah, this is nice. Thanks for doing yeah. this. We really appreciate it.
1: Happy to be here, man. Happy to be here.
0: We know you've been very busy this past week or so. Talking about Michigan developing news. I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this one up. I know the drums and beat to death, but is there any updates there? We know, uh, stallions got fired and the big 10 was talking about maybe bringing out some punishments. So what are, what are the newest things there?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Ty, you obviously, uh, learned well in, in school to lead with the headline, right? So we're, just, we're not yeah, going to be talking about, uh, we're yeah. not talking about South, South Dakota <laughs> school, of the mines here. Right. So, um, <laughs> No, the biggest story in college football right now, guys, is the is the story hovering over the the, the University of Michigan, and they obviously go have a top uh, top fifteen matchup with Penn State this weekend in State College, and the status and fate of Jim Harbaugh in terms of the Big Ten and their sportsmanship policy is 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 in flux right now, and it's the biggest story lingering over the sport. Uh, I reported this morning that. Uh, now we're talking on Monday here, just for podcast listeners, yep. obviously, that can be a little bit fluid. So the middle of this week, the week headed into uh, Penn State, Michigan, um, is the earliest that we're expected to hear anything um, from the Big Ten regarding Michigan. Um, as we've reported all along, the the expected punishment in this case um, under the Big Ten sportsmanship policy, which is separate than the NCAA investigation, would be some type of suspension for Jim Harbaugh. Now, that is not a certainty. If that is going to happen, what length that would be um, would likely be meted out after Wednesday. And so, um, again, this is not a certainty it's going to happen. And I was also told that if Jim Harbaugh is suspended by the Big Ten under the sportsmanship policy, that his side is preparing for some sort of legal rebuttal so uh in a lot of ways guys stepping back and looking at this from 30,000 feet this story could just be starting um again it was wow. about three weeks ago that the ncaa investigation into uh, michigan and the alleged science ceiling probe began a few days after that we identified connor stallions as the heart of it he was suspended a couple weeks later he's fired now and, and this story has not slowed down since the since the start of it and obviously the backdrop goes without saying michigan is really good um this is the best chance Michigan has had to win a national title in the last quarter century. Right. So, um, the, the stakes are high. The attention is, has the entire sport riveted and there's, there's a layer of ambiguity about next steps. Yeah, yeah this, is gonna, this is definitely
0: going to, this is going to play into their ability to focus on Penn state for sure. And Ohio state coming up. I, it's just a, it's an interesting situation. And, uh, I was curious about, uh, what are the facts right now? What is, what have we found out to be true and what's all speculation?
1: So here's what we know. Um, and here's what we've, we've reported. Um, and here's what the NCA is looking into that. I know with certainty is that Connor Stallions, uh, was allegedly the operator of a wide scale scouting operation and sign stealing and signal stealing operation. Um, we have reported it's been 35 different games at at least 17 different stadiums from the SEC title game to the West Coast to the SEC to the ACC. So 12 of 13 potential Big Ten opponents have, have noted that Connor Stallions has bought tickets to their stadium. Multiple places in that list have on video the seat that Stallions purchased the ticket to uh, the person in that seat taping the opposite sideline electronically. So. And then, obviously, there was what happened at Central Michigan. Uh, yeah. They released a statement today saying that the NCA is part of that investigation as to whether or not Connor Stallions was on the Central Michigan sideline for their Friday night opening game against Michigan State. So that that is as much as we know about the, the, the general purview of what's being looked into by the NCAA. Now, there could be a lot that we don't know, but for now, <clears throat> it's basically – What did Michigan do that's against NCAA rules? And the two rules that appear to be in flux here are the opponent scouting rule, which has been in the rulebook since 1994. And you cannot go to another team's stadium and scout their games. And then the electronic capturing of signals rule, which is in the NCAA handbook. Um, Both of these appear to have been violated um, in this alleged scheme by Stout.
0: I feel like he's like the perpetrator. Like he's the one on the sideline, allegedly. But he could just be a scapegoat like there's definitely has to be some kind of bigger scheme going on just kind of adding the speculation there and for hardball like how do you punish a coach like you can he not talk to his team like is he not on the sideline during the games like how does that work
1: so ty to answer your first question going forward um i think there's two things that still need to be uh meted out here then nca investigation is going to take months i would be surprised if a year from today we're sitting here in early November and the NC investigation is actually completed. Just looking at the pace of how NC investigations have gone throughout my career, they go slowly. Uh, I thought Pat McAfee made a good joke last observation yeah. on Saturday that, you know, the NCA will get to the bottom to it in 2030. Uh, that's obviously a bit hyperbolic, but a good joke is a good joke for a reason. It, it, it spoke to the heart of what he was uh, poking fun at. So going forward, Who paid for this operation to happen connor stallions made fifty five thousand dollars a year that there were obviously you know more than ten thousand dollars in tickets flights etc all purchased so how did how was this funded i think is is a really big question moving forward and then what did jim harbaugh and the coaching staff know and did they know the extent of this operation and i think that's like those are hard things to figure out right like there's not like you know, hey, it's not like Jim Harbaugh said, hey, Connor, go to Purdue on, you know, October 5th and then go to East Lansing on the 7th. Like, it, it wouldn't be that linear. So sort of diving into that. And look, Harbaugh, you know, to, in, in the purpose of full fairness here, has denied any knowledge of any illegal sign-stealing operation. And Connor Stallion said in his statement to The Athletic that Jim Harbaugh and the mission coaching staff did not know of any improper activity. So oh, wow. everybody has decided to pick their camps and pick their, uh, pick their sides in this. And then pushing forward, shifting through that is, is you know, with empathy, the NCAA and the job they have to do is going to be tricky because the people who would know the most are going to be the least motivated people to talk.
0: Yeah. That makes right. a lot of sense. Let's shift gears out here. Let's shift yeah. gears. Let's, let's hey, shift thank gears. Thank you for that. That's that was serious. serious stuff. We're headed to Athens next week. I'll be joining you. Oh, uh, you excited my, my about oh, that awesome. matchup my, my, and, uh, what are you looking forward to with that one?
1: Well, I, I feel like Georgia got their first strong, strong test against against Missouri this week. And they obviously played a close game at Auburn uh, about a month ago down there. And we learned a little bit about them. And now we learned a little bit of them, about them without Brock Bowers, right? Um, and to me, the Georgia offense is, has been impressive. Uh, Mary's Mims, their really good tackle, has been hurt for a while um you know we'll see if he comes back on saturday that's going to be obviously a big uh you know a a big part of that game because he's really the driver of that georgia ground game and georgia's endured endured a bunch of injuries but so far with all the pressure of the winning streak and the back-to-back titles georgia has aced every test and georgia has gone past every piece of adversity this is the most explosive offense that they have seen this year and likely that they will see this year so for all those defensive guys who've replaced that exodus they've had to the NFL for the last two years, this is your, this is your test. This is your time to step up and be that next great Georgia defense. And obviously the Ole Miss offense, the way Lane calls it and the aggression that goes into that Ole Miss offense is going to, is going to prove to be a really, really compelling test for Georgia as it pushes on. And then they get to wake up and go to Knoxville the next week for another test. If they pass this one with Ole Miss, and that's another feed tempo. Now this, this Tennessee team, it's more ground-based than, than past years. Obviously, last year, they were very aerial-based and, and shot-based. So it will, be, it will be interesting to see the next two weeks how Georgia responds to two-tempo offenses that look very different.
0: Sticking with those top teams, the committee had Ohio State as number one last week uh, during the Tuesday rankings, like first show. That was pretty surprising. I feel like uh, there was a little bit of outcry over that. And then even Saturday, uh, they struggled early on against Rutgers. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts like what they're going to choose tomorrow. We're filming this on Monday. So like maybe a little prediction or if anything's going to switch up Tuesday.
1: So it's always hard to say, I, I don't get too emotionally invested in the early rankings, right? Because a lot of them Absolutely. play themselves out now the, the final two weeks or so, you know, you, you, you really stay dialed in because you have to see where people are positioned, but um, it's almost like they do the early ranking shows. So they find out the reasonings behind people being ranked in different places, and then they use it against the committee for the end of the ranking shows. Right? Like, oh, strength yeah. the schedule is valued, and then at the end, you're like, wait, I thought you valued strength of schedule, and then yeah, it, it sort of goes. It's sort of an awkward, protracted process. It's really unique, like like anything else in in sports. But good theater, and it's a lot of fun to uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about. Um, Ohio State had a road conference game they played. Pretty sloggy in the first half. They had that weird fake punt that didn't, didn't seem like it should have been a fake punt, and uh, you know got kind of behind the chains and, and we're just sort of sputtering. Uh, we're just sort of sputtering along there. And their run defense, quite frankly, might be the biggest concern for them coming out of that game. Rutgers kind of had their way up front. Rutgers does not have an elite offensive line. They have good backs, and Ohio State just seemed to have a difficult time stopping stopping the run. And Rutgers does not have a dynamic pass game. Uh, with with gavin Wimsett, and uh, ultimately that really uh, you know an interception he crew for pick six really ended up turning the turning the tide and the momentum of that game so um i was a little surprised ohio state was number one but it was resume based and i don't know right. if a, a road win in your league over a team that's already goal eligible is going to be something that can be used against you does that make sense yeah and i don't think anyone right. behind them had an authoritative enough one now maybe they think georgia does because they beat the 13th team in the country but i don't know if anyone behind them had an authoritative enough win to jump them but i also think the committee doesn't like to be boring right so when they re-rank they may they may factor in a few things and shuffle things around but i can't see major changes coming
0: yeah and we we all know that the back of these schedules are like some of the biggest games that are going to be the difference makers on yeah so i i like your kind of mindset going in you don't really think about uh these rankings uh, holding too much weight because uh, there's some big games coming up these next few weeks
1: yeah no I mean this is this is this is the time of year where it's great to, to work in our profession and to uh, to be a college football fan because the stakes are high and uh, what does coach Corso say no November November uh, November oh, yeah. games are the ones you they remember, are the games right? they remember. Yeah, they yeah.
0: coach Sweeney used to say it too. They remember November. So this is when yes. the teams really turn it on. And then yes. last thing I will we'll ask you, I know uh, you're a busy, man. Down the road with these conferences, um, obviously the Pac-12 kind of gonna disappear after this this year, which is crazy to hear. Um, uh, like even like how great they're doing this year. So do you think eventually like the Big Ten and the SEC could like be like two like NFC, AFC kind of conferences? Like, or do you think there's too much money in the, in the conferences already?
1: Man, that's not exactly a light breezy walk-off question. There, <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I wanted to hear it because yes, just your I opinions. To, uh, just yeah. your opinions. Yeah.
1: These were the best of times. These were the worst of times. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, so I think <laughs> going forward, I've called it, and I think it's sort of known in the industry as a power two. Right now, that doesn't mean everyone else just gets frozen in some nuclear winter, but I do think the power follows the money and the money is being driven there. Now, the conferences, and that's obviously the SEC and the Big Ten, the conferences that are not the SEC and the Big Ten are not going to fold, right? Um, Especially now that the Pac-12 has dissipated. Uh, Those other leagues are going to exist, be competitive, have their own ecosystem, have their own TV contracts, etc but i do think especially with sort of the ability to backdoor pay players that nil has given that the power is going to follow the money and i think over the next decade we'll see more distinctly that um you know the acc is going to have to shake itself out here in the next few years you've heard saber rattling from clemson you've heard saber rattling from florida state louder at florida state than clemson um and You know, whether those moves happen and when they happen will probably be decided in courts. And luckily, I went to journalism school and not law school, so I don't have any predictions on exactly how that stuff is going to shake out. But I do think we are in an era of consolidation. I think that's probably the simplest way to put this. And the power is being consolidated as we speak and will continue to be consolidated. And there is, to me, nothing that is going to slow that consolidation. You're the man, Pete. yeah. Ty, Jake, appreciate you guys having me. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pete. Well that was yeah, perfect timing. We were
0: it. we're just getting into the Michigan Penn State game there, and then Pete pops in, lets us know what's going on. So I just learned a lot. A lot of words. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Hope, you, of, guys, of, hope, of hope you guys uh, hope you guys learned a lot too. <laughs> we're just gonna shift gears to the NFL. There's some huge games this weekend. We had the Bills and the Bengals. We had the Chiefs. And the I Pelicans. was at that one. Let's 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 slow down. Yeah, I yeah. was at I was at the Bills Bengals game. I only stayed for the first half because uh, my my dad and I just came off of Red Eye a few hours prior, and we were getting a little. You yeah, know, I I had to fly. Yeah. I drove back all the way to Columbus last night, so um, feeling good about it. But uh, hey, that Bengals team might be all the way back, and. Uh, yeah, the bills are bills are a great squad, but um, yeah, the Bengals just had had their number that game. I don't even know who was making plays. Every like Jamar Chase was making plays, but he wasn't getting any touchdowns. Every he, so he had a lot of points. You're spreading me the in ball fantasy. around. Yeah, yeah they are spreading the ball around. It was fun to watch. Um, I love to it, it see Joe. It's hard sling. not to pull for the Bengals. Yeah, I know missed, when Joe's when Joe's doing Joe season. things. It's it's uh it's fun to watch. Chiefs-Dolphins uh, was played in yeah. Germany Sunday morning. That was a good way to start Sunday. We rolled out of bed after that red-eye like Jake mentioned. Chiefs got the dub, Dolphins, high-octane offense, uh, couldn't get it done. Looks like Patrick was a little disappointed in his performance there, um, even though they ended up with a win, but they'll get it figured out. That's a big win over the Dolphins, they're one of the best teams in, in all of the NFL right now. Cowboys-Eagles. Um, Another big one. I feel like these matchups are like playoff matchups. So we got really lucky this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, Cowboys-Eagles. Eagles Eagles won. They now have the best record in the NFL uh, with only one loss. Eagles are really good at offense. Eagles are – Eagles – Everybody scored that's a starter on their team, I believe. So, (laughs) like, in terms of the skill positions. Like, everybody's getting the ball. They're going to be hard to stop. They're definitely a contender. Eagles are dogs. So, yeah. They competed in it last year, and they'll definitely get a shot at it again this year. But the Texans, uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, Heart the Bucks. heartbreaker for Baker yeah. Mayfield here. Yeah, C.J. Stroud yeah. outdid himself with his performance. I think he had 450 plus yards passing and uh, Was it five touchdown del- passes. But I know Tank Dell and him have some kind of connection on that last drive. They went absolutely. They went like 60 yards in two plays. Boom, boom. They had like 44 seconds. Boom, boom, yeah, boom, it was, boom. It was fun to watch. <laughs> we might have a and superstar th- in in our hands right now. Speaking of superstars, this running back, the Texans, their kicker got hurt. Agunbo seven-year NFL veteran normally a running back the field goal attempt is good
1: Houston leads
0: shout out you man he's like backup for the backup like running back and they put him in there I mean we got to get this guy in college game day him. over and it was beautiful oh yeah that's about the same distance I mean, it, huh uh, yeah if he's trying to cash in some checks I mean just hop on game day yeah, that'd be that'd be fun to watch right there, dude. Yeah. It's it's cool seeing an athletic, n- nothing against Justin Tucker here, but an athletic guy. What do you mean by back that? there, uh, kicking? It's fun to see. Well, Justin Tucker is an athletic guy. I don't know what that was. No, I know. I'm saying he's, nothing he's against a, him, like in particular. Everyone he, else. Yeah, he's a flexible son them. of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aside oh, yeah, from saying, Justin Tucker, it's refreshing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Because he's, yeah, he's an yeah, Yeah, thirty-three. I, I hope we see him again back there. That was fun to watch. I'm sure they pick up a kicker and, next week. And then some fun news in the NFL here. Kyler <laughs> Murray's coming back this weekend. And uh, it's an interesting weekend. This new Call of Duty drops Friday, November 10th. And uh, Kyler Murray is set to come back. In the past, he's had some issues with watching film and things like that because of Call of Duty. So, no, it's, this dude loves playing like games. production. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> offensive production yeah. is climbing, and then the date that the the game Call comes duty out, hits. Yeah. it starts going like that on the other end. It's uh, yeah, it's a thing to see. But hopefully he's got the gaming out of the system beforehand. Uh, I don't know, but he might be fiending like us for this new Call of Duty. So keep an eye out. I for think that. he might be good this week, but then next week he might be in trouble because like the only game comes out on Friday, so he comes back two days after the game comes out. I don't think he'll have too much knowledge of what's going on out there on the field with, the, with that new call of duty coming out that's all yeah. i'm gonna say um, he's a ball you know. want to re- if we want to get really aggressive to give these guys a little taste in the in the uh, football talk section about what what the game section is like uh there is like a weekly attachment that you get to unlock and you can only unlock it in a certain week time span or it's gone forever until the next, like the month ends oh yeah so uh that might be a problem for uh, Kyler because he's going to be like, I got to get this attachment or I'm going to fucking. Yeah, like, yeah I'm going yeah, to need that. Yeah, I'm going to need that. Am <laughs> I watching film or I, am I getting, uh, I'm, thinking no, I'm, getting <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I'm getting the I'm thinking I'm getting the. Bro's not getting left behind in Call of Duty. Yeah. Let's just say that. Talk- this is the NBA update, a.k.a. the Wimby update. 38 points against the Suns last week um Durant was giving him props in an interview after the game when he raised up and shot the ball I was like there's no way I'm gonna be close to this so I'm just gonna play hard <laughs> and contest man because <laughs> you're you gonna foul him or he's just gonna make the shot he's not he, he not gonna he misses all on him Yeah, so he, he different man He different but then again like he also is like one of us like he he dressed up for halloween like slenderman i was like he yeah, say it's our generation getting and then he said star wars fun. he likes the prequels i was so pumped about it like yeah yeah We uh, have to address him on the show weekly update on yeah. on wimby and then one other thing i wanted to say about the wimby update or the nba actually there's this mid-season tournament that's happening this year that like everyone's confused about like if you see these interviews like all these players um they're like like uh Damian Lillard got interviewed and he was like, Yeah man, I got no idea what's going on. Like, I guess we're playing like a tournament like mid season. Like the the guys are just confused. They're like, Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's weird.
1: <laughs> what's the experience been like so far playing in the tournament game?
0: It's weird because the energy, you can tell it's like something is happening. But it's new, so I'm not really sure what the hell is going on. Like what <laughs> I don't really know what what's going on. So I'm not even gonna lie, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on I I don't even know how it works I I don't know anything honestly Alright Jake The time has come Uh, No it hasn't The end of the sports section Freak of the week (laughs) Freak of the week That's all we got. Freak of the week, uh, Jake. Who's your guy? Who's your guy? Uh, let me pull up this motherfucker, Dylan Johnson. Right. I said him earlier in the show. He's at Washington, running back. He put up four titties. He was running. He was gunning. I mean, he was. He wasn't <gasps> gunning, but he was. He was running, <laughs> and it was. Uh, it was fun to watch. <laughs> he's really good at football. So he's my freak of the week for sure. All right, you go. Let's go. All right, all right guys. guys. That's that's a great freak of the we week out of you, but I think I got you beat this week. We mentioned him earlier. As well, Jalen Milrow, four tutties rushing. Are you kidding me? As a quarterback and yeah. passing leader, I mean, I I was talking about that little uh, little uh, little burst, bro. Yeah, I, it's not human. Like it's like it's so cool to watch. It's fun to see a quarterback or a running back play quarterback. That's pretty much what's going on in Alabama yeah. there. He ran but, straight at uh, the gap and to put, a, put a safety on his ass, too. It was pretty fun to watch that part, too. Yeah, Jalen Miller was running the ball in Alabama, and he happened to throw the ball a little bit as well uh, at quarterback it's a freak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> freak. All right. All right, time to move on to the movie talk section of the show. I love movies. All right. Yes. Movies we've seen recently, gentlemen. Alright, I watched Talladega Nights, directed by Adam McKay. A NASCAR superstar, Ricky Bobby, at the top of his game. Adored by fans, a trophy wife by his side, an incredible wealth. But Ricky loses it when French F1 champ Dean Girard roars into the scene. Ricky, with the help of his ruthless father... Must pull himself out of the depths of despair and restore his honor on the racetrack. Oh, baby! I'll tell you what—that was a great little recap, right there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, check this one out. I really have to think when I'm watching these, and I just kind of wanted to, you know, take a back seat and uh, enjoy Ricky Bobby's glory. Great couples costume this past Halloween. I saw a lot of those. Did that inspire you to watch that? Or somebody interviewed uh, Christopher Nolan. He's like, "What's your favorite movie of all time?" And that's not your own movie. And he said, Talladega Nights. Shake and bake, baby. He's like... Shake and bake, baby. <laughs> he said, if you, <laughs> first, if you ain't first, you're last. If you first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase Trademark, not to use that tradition, Ricky Bobby. So, <laughs> yeah, I had to watch it. Will Ferrell's in this one. John C. Riley, supporting actor. Leslie Bibb looking real nice as the wife of Ricky Bobby at the beginning of this one. My man, uh... My man, Sacha Baron Cohen, who's the guy... F- uh, most well known for being Bull Rat in his comedy specials, where he impersonates some guy from Kazakhstan. Uh, he plays Jean oh Girard. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, They really, they really lean into his like I will do anything for a laugh comedy, and uh, Will Ferrell's right there with him, so it's perfect. Talladega Knights, Let's talk about it. You got to remember the humble beginnings of Ricky Bobby, and this one, I mean, it starts off in a flashback scene with with him and his dad uh, where he learns this famous quote if you ain't first you're last
1: dad! don't listen to these people Ricky you're a winner You got the gift always remember if you ain't first you're last if you ain't first you're last see you when you're grown up dad, come
0: back, dad! and that's what he lives by Uh, starts out in a pit crew, and he's just with his buddy, John C. Radley, and somehow the racer that's in his crew uh, can't race, and Ricky Bobby's like, I'll hop in. It was like very Forrest Gump-esque, and he goes in, and he wins the race, and he dominates, and then uh, it all accelerates from there. That's when he has all the good times, and then it has the downfall. But Will Ferrell's hilarious in his like he'll go so far to, just, to sell a bit. He has, <laughs> he has like PTSD basically, and like he crashes and uh, hey. he gets he, a lot uh, of riffing in that movie out of him. Yes, know. yes, I know. City we built in my basement of a
1: a city, an urban environment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think he really tries hard to make the other people laugh that's around him, and uh, oh, that's his goal. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's a definitely that's his hilarious. Goal. But yeah, it's just a fun story about stereotypes in this NASCAR world that not a lot of people know about. Kind of gives you like a fun satiric look into that world, and uh, there's a fun little family dynamic story involved. And uh, yeah, it's just an enjoyable you just wanna... one. You just want to throw it on. What's your rating on this one? I think it's just a four. It's just a solid four. I was going to say four, too. I've seen it before. Uh, Jake has, too. It's just a little rewatch for the kid. Yeah, I do want to say uh, in comparison, because like this one, you have to compare to Step Brothers with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell also in together. I think Step Brothers is far and above this one, in my opinion. I watched Old Dads. It's got Billy Burr in it. Uh, that's why I clicked on it. He never really misses, in my opinion. It was a fun watch. I mean, kind of stereotypical of him. Uh, where he's like kind of in, gets into the woke culture a little bit, and he's kind of like not not a fan, but he navigates his way through there, and it, he makes some funny points in there. It has the guy from Mulcop, the bad guy, the the army guy from Mulcop. But yeah, I mean it's kind of fun to just throw on uh, if you're bored. I'll probably give it like a three five. It wasn't anything special. I just wanted to briefly mention that I watched that. Bill Burr's always great, and I love when he like goes off on somebody. Like he like gets really pissed at this uh, principal lady.
1: See like a problem here miss? well if you'd actually read the school guidebook i wouldn't have to tell you anything i read the guide book all right you stumpy little
0: that was probably the best moment and it was early on and then the rest of it i was like i'll just watch to watch pretty much it's awesome. kind of one of those you turn on like i i'm typically not a guy to get on be on my phone during a movie but this is like kind of a phone like in the on in the background kind of movie all right guys now we're getting into the big brain movie of the week I watched No Country for Old Men. I've watched it probably like three times within the past like year, just because like, I love it so much. It's directed by the Coen brothers. Uh, they're known for Fargo, if you've seen that, Jake. It's like the oh, one yeah. out in the snow up in Minnesota. They did The Big Lebowski. I've actually never seen that, but I'm gonna have to turn that on eventually. Everyone loves that one and has it in like some of the top movies. No Country for Old Men. Set in the desert landscape of the 1980s, Texas, No Country for Old Men is adapted from Cormac McCarthy's novel of the same exact name. Uh, It's a gritty, suspenseful crime drama that interweaves the paths of a hunter who stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong, a relentless hitman and a wary sheriff. I mean, the acting in this. Ten out of ten. One of the best bad guys of all time, in my opinion, Anton chigger played by javier bardem his character in this has the bangs and he he gives a chilling performance he won an academy award for this uh, role as best supporting actor oscar goes to javier bardem and no country for old Men. as i said one of the best bad guys just because he's such a capable villain And he knows, like, how to operate in every situation, it feels like. And he's so tactical. Um, There's one scene in particular uh, where he walks in this motel, and he's kind of getting, like, the lay of the land. And this movie's great at, like, uh, letting the audience kind of digest what's going on. They don't, like, tell you straight out what's happening. So you can, like, pick up on some Easter eggs. Like, he walked into this motel room, and... uh, Josh Brolin's character, who I'll talk about later, um, he's in another motel room that has, like, the same setup. And he's kind of, like, seeing how thick the wall is seeing if he can shoot through it, things like that. He t- takes his shoes off so you can't hear him when he walks. It's almost like a horror movie, bro. And then one thing I'll say uh, about him as well, he's motivated by, like, fate and, like, determinism. It's, like, like he's kind of like a Joker character. Like, he's, he loves being bad just a crazy concept for a human being like you believe you believe this guy's real and yeah. even his weapon of choice is very interesting as well as i mentioned josh burland he is llewellyn moss uh this dude's a badass he's a nom veteran um who i think he's one of the most an- interesting characters in like all of cinema where he is super proficient at, at surviving and getting away from, uh, like, trouble. Like, he knows how to patch himself up. He knows how to saw off a shotgun. He knows how to hide the money. And then he's also a great shot, um, which you can see early on when he's, like, hunting uh, deer. And then we got Tommy Lee Jones, uh famous actor here. He's the old man in the title here. And he's just kind of fed up with, like, how brutal and, uh just these times are like it's a lot different than his day and then woody harrison uh makes a brief uh entry and he's like a a rival hitman of javier uh as carson wells and he's a badass as well and like interesting uh character there's a lot of great characters in this movie i just had to touch on them and then camera work cinematography shows off uh the texas landscape a lot of wide shots but then that's also mixed with some close-up shots especially on Javier, uh, the bad guy, which kind of makes you feel like a little claustrophobic and like uncomfortable. And it, it, this movie's great at building tension. Like I mentioned earlier, it felt like a horror movie in some scenes. Like the, the, there's so much silence and there's so much like thinking going on in your brain as the viewer, which like makes it really fun to watch. There could be no dialogue for like 10 minutes and you're just like kind of dissecting what's going on. Oh, moments, and it's so cool. Yeah, I like, the- and that leads me right into the soundtrack. It's pretty much non-existent. Like they sit, you sit with silence a lot in this, and silence is a great builder of tension. And it's mostly like diegetic sound, which I learned in my film class, which is like what the actors can hear. So you'll hear like a gun reload. Or you'll hear like a flip switch. Now one thing that the Coen brothers do very well in their movies is there's multiple storylines. That makes a great story when there's multiple things going on at once. Um, So right in this movie, uh, I'll just give you layman's terms right here. There's the guy who found the money. There's the bad guy who wants the money. And then he also has ulterior motives, like just like because he's a psychopath. And then there's the good guys trying to find the bad guy. Who's killing all these people, like, in his wake. Some of my favorite scenes and memorable moments, slash, some spoilers, uh, you're warned here. Uh, dude, the coin toss scene, it had that dude from Killers of the Far Moon, uh, the chubby guy. And he's like, what am I, what am I flipping for? Like, I gotta know what I'm, what I'm flipping for. And, uh, yeah, dude, this is like the master at work right here. When this, uh, Chigger guy, uh, Javier... This is when you really get a uh, dialed in on this character, and you're like, this guy is out of his fucking mind. I mentioned the motel scene earlier. Uh, that was a great display of like proficiency from both sides, like taking the shoes off, like tiptoeing. Like he has like the silencer on his shotgun. Like he's looking at the walls, and then dude, there was a cool sequence there. It stole from uh, Silence of the Lambs uh, at the end of Silence of the Lambs. I don't know if you remember the lady goes to Buffalo Bill's house and then the FBI is surrounding the house and they're like about to go in and bust them. But then you figure out that she, it's actually just her at the house by herself and the FBI raided a different house. Clarice. And in this mm. movie, you got Brolin's character uh, like trying to hide the money in this vent and then you, you like cut back and forth with Javier like walking like slowly to his door. You think it's his door, and then he opens it up, but it's a, it's another, uh, another one, another one of the rooms, and uh, Josh Berlin's character is able to get away. I thought that was great, and like if we ever make a movie one day, like be ready to see one of those uh, kind of scenes where you subvert expectations of the audience. I thought it was a master class right there. The theme of so, fate in this one is just like throughout it. Yeah, and that's that's a beautiful thing. One guy that Bong Joon Ho is like a guy that's just like that that has Beast. that fate kind of stuff in his movies. I love that. That that kind of theme in a movie is is a uh, it's a beautiful thing. And this one this one does it well. All right, let's rate this one. All right, let me rate this kid. I got to give this thing a, f- a 4.9. I'm not giving it a 5 just cuz it's a little slow in some parts, but it's really close. It's right on the edge for me. It's one of the it's one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm already like this might be my first five. <laughs> yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah, I might have to I upgrade know. to a five as well. It, I mean, it's... no. I think I <laughs> want to upgrade it. I want to upgrade to a five. If you're going, well, to five. you said there was something wrong with it. I don't find anything wrong with it personally. I think it's it is what it is. I think it's beautiful. Well, I just said that because Jake hates when I give movies fives because he never gives fives, and so I'm you like trying it. To be nitpick, I didn't have you know? any. I didn't have any nitpick. I don't what have a nitpick was my nitpick during the whole talk, though? I was you just said it was four long. Nine, just to not you be You said five. it was too slow. I thought it was perfectly no. paced. Two fives on the board for No Country for Old Men. Shout out. Big brain movie of the week. Yeah, thanks for bringing that one to the show, Ty. I needed that one. Yeah. All right. There's some movies coming soon that are really exciting. So Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming out May 24th. Um, oh, baby. I mean, look at Caesar on the back of this hearse. With a hawk on his arm, like dude, this, this guy's—he's gonna be phenomenal in this movie. I only watched three seconds of this just to make sure it was the same like series. And like as soon as I saw the segment or the, um, I don't know, what do you call that? You saw the as teaser. As soon as I saw the monkeys, yeah. As soon as I saw the monkeys, I was—we're right, right, good. Like I got it. I got the fuck up out of there. Did wait? I, should we I'm watch so the little teaser? It's like a minute. It's like a minute. No, I—I I, purposely just. They I kind of want to see it though, I like, think that people want to see us see it as well. I think we should do it. I
1: sleep. I see strange things.
0: Who's talking? Memories. Is it James Franco or is he still Not memories. It's looking good. No thing. <laughs> Hell oh, yeah, boy. I see everything. This is Assassin's Creed? Bro, <laughs> literally bro. <laughs> that is not Shit from Assassin's Creed.
1: Everything. Oh, they can
0: talk now? They can fly now. Bro, what? They've been talking dog. Am I cat? Am I thinking weird? Yeah, you. I yeah, thought they missed. Was... I'm gonna have to rewatch all three. So now they just like rivalled gangs. I think Makes humans way. are primitive now, and they're the main species of the planet. I think that's yeah. what's going on. Makes sense. Well, that's from like Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, that's the thr- that's that's the original. Yeah, yeah, the original. One being on the planet planet of the apes right, that looks like a range. good bad guy just briefly right there Q? yeah caesar's a weapon so I, I love that kind of stuff all right yeah i just wanted to hop into this one too uh the fall guy it's a ryan gosling movie coming out march 1st i just wanted to say for all the tiktok uh members on here get ready for a lot of ryan gosling memes coming up uh, as people say it's a new uh personality unlocked uh people love doing the ryan gosling like me He just plays himself in every movie, and uh, uh, Emma Blunt, who's uh, John Krasinski's wife, is also in it. So two uh, two big ones right there, two good act- actors actress uh, combo. So I'll I'll check it out March one. So could be good. And then Deadpool three comes out uh, coming up release date May fourth. We've been waiting on this one for a long time. May the fourth be with you. Uh, but Yeah, we might might be checking this one out on that day. So, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman. Apparently, it's a, like, kind of spinoff for, like, adding to the end of Logan. Never saw Logan, but I heard it was good. It got all, like, those, oh, I feel like it got some awards for that one. Do you have to watch all the the other Wolverine movies? We'll just watch Logan. Just watch Logan. We'll watch Logan. So, we'll give that one a try. So, you guys watch it, too? Okay. Yeah. One extra thing I wanted to talk about. I know we're getting into a lot of movies out here. Kung Fu Panda 4 is coming soon. It'll come in 2024. I mean, these are all-time movies in the theater. It's just a great popcorn movie. Uh, we love Jack Black on the show, and uh, we'll definitely be supporting it in the theaters. So, oh, my God. We'll I watched the original Kung Fu Panda the other day, and it was an all-timer. It's dude, got so many so lines, great? and it's actually a great story. It was so good. It's, I know. It's like, why don't we make these anymore, dude? Hey, we've been waiting on this Kung Fu Panda for a while. We've been waiting yeah. for this thing. Yeah. But guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. We covered a lot of stuff. Had a lot of fun, though. Thank you, Pete, for joining us. Uh, shout out, Pete. Pete
1: Pete, Pete. Pete, 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 Pete,
0: Pete, 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 you did a great job. And uh, thanks for sticking around to the end. If you did, please like and subscribe. It helps us out greatly and tremendously. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. That would be phenomenal. GG's.